0: Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station.
1: Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes.
0: I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend. Welcome to another episode of Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. So, Josh, I have a question for you. A personal question.
1: Oh, a personal question. Yes, go ahead.
0: So, Josh is um, in many ways pure, in many ways (laughs) impure. But one of the ways he's pure is that he's never taken a substance, right?
1: That is correct.
0: Alcohol, tobacco. Yeah, let's
1: be specific. So, I've never had drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. Right, drugs or alcohol, oh, recreational drugs. Right, like
0: maca and cacao. That's we
1: don't know. Ah. Well, you don't know
0: what that really does.
1: Right, and then you could say like you know, uh, what do you call it? Sugar, you know, which is the other white powder. But I mean, you know, in terms of in terms <laughs> I've never of heard that. yeah, in terms <laughs> of like what most people would consider to be drugs and alcohol and. Um, and pharmaceutical drugs, uh, I, I have not... Uh,
0: That's impressive. And,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's not... It's
0: right, but, it's but, like, it's impressive because most people can't make that decision when they're 16 years old, the way they do when they're, oh. like, older, you know? It's oh. easier, right? Like, but like when you're 16 and someone's like, just, you know, it's just one beer. Just try a beer. You're in college. You're 18. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll never forget, when I was in high school, I was had the ability to grow a beard, uh-huh. and, um... So I had a driver's license and I had a full-on beard and I wore a big black overcoat. It looked like a narc. <laughs> uh, and I'd go into like... Like
0: Cervica? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah like. And, and I'd
1: walk into these convenience stores and these, 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 these kids that were like... Kids. These these um, people that were older than me, they were like 18, 19, were like, hey, dude, would you score for us?
0: Yeah. yeah. You buy a supporty. Yeah. I once did that in a... Uh, like um you scored for seven, someone no it was like a 711 in in the valley where uh-huh. i grew up uh-huh and i asked a guy yeah and he looked at me and he reached into his back pocket and he pulled out uh-huh. and he opened it and there was a badge badge yeah. he was a fire department oh okay he was a fire department marshal and he was like look guys he's yeah. like i'd love to help you you seem like good kids but i can't do that
1: <laughs> M- move along now
0: <laughs> move along well, that was nice. That was friendly. So it's good to know that if we'd been in high school at the same time, I would have been the one asking Serpico yeah. to yeah. buy me alcohol, and yeah. you would definitely have said no.
1: Well, I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't even remember if, if I, if I, no, I probably wouldn't have. I probably well, I wouldn't have been able to because I, I didn't have the ID mm-hmm. for it. But I, I swear to God, okay, I got to mm-hmm. tell you this, and this I swear to God happened. Mm-hmm. And I was in line, so I witnessed it. Mm-hmm. So this guy is, is trying to score, and uh, the guy's like, let me see some ID. And so he shows him this ID, but it doesn't have a picture of him on it, I guess, or something like that. He goes, this ID doesn't have a picture on it. Sh-, you know. And the guy goes, no problem. And he pulls out this other picture of himself, like, <laughs> just like a regular <laughs> picture, and he puts it next to his face. And the guy goes, yep, but that's <laughs> you. He's <laughs> like, hold and on, he, let me take a Polaroid. Him, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he sold him. And I was just, I was dying on the inside as I watched that happen.
0: Okay. So in, in the line of the Josh Townsend yes. purity test. Yes. Have you, Joshua Townsend ever viewed pornography? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, is it something, can I ask you, is it something now you, you currently view?
1: Um, I don't find it compelling. Right. Yeah. That's the unfortunate, fortunate or
0: unfortunate part. So did you evolve out of it? Because I have a lot of guy friends who are approaching their late 30s who mm-hmm. are just like, it's become boring to them. More boring. Not not a lot. I would say I have a few where they're just like, it's just like boring, man.
1: Right, right. There is that element if you're looking for storyline. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be present. Um, I just... I the just, acting
0: is just not what it used to be. Like. Ho
1: ho. Yeah, I just don't find it... Um, you know, compelling or, 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 or interesting in that, in that sense. So yeah. it wasn't, um, you know, sort of, like I would say oh, okay. a non-issue.
0: It was like kind of a non-issue. Okay. Um, cause when we were talking about today, the topic of today's show, Yeah. Which the topic of today's show folks is what makes you more creative? Mm-hmm. What makes you less creative? Okay and i and i pitched the show josh p- basically comes up with all the story ideas for the show except about 1% today is that which is why we're talking about pornography <laughs> let me wee <laughs> he let me try today um, but i was thinking about this last week and i was like so i've start you know i guess like 5 6 years ago i started to m- you know move away from watching pornography okay yeah you know like months would pass and i was just like this is not something i really want to do anymore and people, I've talked to people and they're like, well, why? And I was like, it's not like any moral judgment of it. It wasn't judgment of myself. It wasn't the typical things you hear that mm-hmm. it's um, like unhealthy for your personal life and that it has unrealistic, ex- forms unrealistic expectations of women's bodies. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't any of that, although I'm sure there's validity to all those things. Mm-hmm. I felt it was making me less creative.
1: Wow, that's and, interesting. And here's why. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more.
0: I felt that like, The creative imagination that I need to draw upon to write a story Mm -hmm. and or to make a drawing or to write a song or whatever Mm -hmm. has commonalities with sexual creativity. Mm -hmm. And I felt that when I was watching pornography, I was essentially turning over that creativity to someone else. Like I was just dialing in like this is the fantasy that someone else is and someone else is going to act it out rather than relying on myself to actually create that sensuality, that fantasy, whatever it is, for myself. And I I noticed a difference because I always felt like there was something slightly numbing and slightly tuning out about pornography for me.
1: Well, there is. I mean, there is that element of numbing and tuning out because you have to surrender to... You have to buy into something that doesn't really exist. There's a suspension of of belief.
0: It's definitely not reality.
1: It's not reality, but there's... there's but it's
0: not reality in a really intimate way, a really physical way, which is what's, what is odd about it, right? Like when you're describing to me right now not um, finding it compelling or not being interesting, Right. it's interesting because for so many, I think, men I know and some women I know, there's just this big body component, which is that like, I look at these images, and then I feel some physical response that I want to feel, and I don't know if you're telling me I, I never felt that physical response or like I but I'm saying like from an imagination perspective as well like
1: well well but, but here's I, I I hear what you're saying and, and this is the part that that I find I find most interesting uh, Have you
0: heard of a place called jimbo's clown room is jumbo's it? clown room yeah Jum- i used to live down the street well not down the street but i lived in los Feliz, so i wasn't too far from there
1: okay all right so uh, somehow i wound up at what's the place called again jumbo's 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 clown room and uh it's um it's
0: like a strip bar right it's jumbo's is a burlesque bar burlesque of alcohol it's not really what you would think of as a traditional strip club in la oh, oh okay but it's very famous because I believe Courtney Love, yes, first gig, and also yes. I believe David Lynch wrote oh. um, one of his movies, maybe Blue Velvet, there. Okay. All right. And so it kind of has this... Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. So somehow I wound up there. I don't remember exactly what the circumstances were, but it was there was a group of people involved. Huh. And I went in there and um, it's not, a, you know, I don't go into that environment much, but Um, I realized as I was in there, I was like, this is so interesting because there's something about both people, like the lady on stage and the guy in the room, both people have to surrender the the actuality in order to give themselves over to the fantasy Mm. because it doesn't actually exist. And so it's like watching a play or anything else like that. For, that. for that half hour, an hour, however long it is, two hours, there's a suspension of disbelief of like, oh, this is really reality now. Okay. Like they really believe that and I really believe that and, and we co-create this belief together. Right. But then after the, the lights come on, then all of it goes away and that was really clear to me uh, as i'm watching it and then also i also became very clear as to as to how the female at least in that one was was creating that and i could see where the guy would have like an attachment to it and the female wouldn't because for her it's a commerce exchange and he, he could at some point believe right what he wanted to believe right, right. and i just found that to be really interesting maybe it's self evident but i just found it really interesting because, because, because. here's the other side of it, is that is that if either one of them didn't buy in, then it wouldn't exist. It couldn't exist. It you, couldn't exist without the fantasy.
0: Yeah, both have to show up in fantasy, you're 100% right. Yeah. And where I got to with pornography was that pornography is a fantasy too, mm-hmm. so people who show up to watch it are going to mm-hmm. buy into that fantasy Right. Right. And the, and the people who create it. And where I got to was I didn't want anyone else creating my fantasies for me. Do you see what I'm saying? That's, I do. That's where it got to for me. And I felt it was bleeding over, like, because what do you do when you write? You sit down and you fantasize and you imagine the world—a different world. It's just rooted in characters, and locations, and that's my experience of it. And so I didn't—that's that was the corollary for me.
1: So let me open up another area of this because sure. this is interesting to me, and that is, you know, men in general are more visual, and men in general right. you know, have more pornography available to them, and women tend not to, although there is a little bit of a movement moving in that direction right and then women uh, from a from a historical perspective have the romance novel novels and that fulfills the same same it's not a parallel but it's yeah. the same basic area yeah, yeah, yeah. zone um where the female or the per- let's say the person the person who's
0: reading the romance novel they have to create the the, the yeah, family. I love this topic. I love how we're never going to get to it because I have so much to say about this. Really?
1: Okay. And so and so, and so so. would you say that the people who are involved in, no, so I'm saying the people, mm-hmm. not gender, but people who are involved in romance novels are also leaking their uh, creativity in terms of, or, know, or would you say that would be adding?
0: It, for me, it's not black and white. I think that part of the value of all this stuff is helping you understand what your desires and fantasies are. So for certain people at a certain point's development, they may need to read a romance novel to understand what their desire is and what their desired fantasy is. Mm -hmm. But there gets a point where it is limiting. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm, you know, it gets to a point where you're just pushing the same button over and over again rather than expanding your range. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That does. And that's where I got to. And this is similarly why, for the books I truly, truly love, Mm -hmm. I will not go see the movie. Not because I think the movie is better. Everyone's like, "Don't go see the movie." The movie's worse. That's it's not it has nothing to do. with it. So like, R- Richard Yates wrote a book called Revolutionary Road, which is probably one of my ten favorite novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's just shockingly beautiful, really well written, very sad. Um, I want to say like six seven years ago, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio did a movie version of it. Oh. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Was Richard Yates is sort of cult-loved writer, but not hugely respected mm-hmm. in the history of the 20th century. Now, hu- I don't want to say respected. He's very respected, not hugely. He's not like Hemingway. Mm-hmm. He's not like uh, Saul Bellow. He's not a brand. Yeah, he's not a brand. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't bring myself to see the movie because the main character, Frank Wheeler, in my head had so much to do with the way I had imagined it, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to think of Leonardo DiCaprio as that character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of what I'm saying is like, to extend this like beyond pornography, it's like when are we in terms of reducing and increasing our creative creativity? Like what are the experiences that are sort of handing over that creativity to someone else? Because this comes up in other forms, right? Like this can be the notes from a producer who just has a very rigid idea of what a, of what a thriller should be. Mm-hmm. So any thriller you give that producer, you know, they're going to be like, mm-hmm. it needs to, this is my imagination of what a thrill, how a thriller functions. And so when you present something that is out of that range, mm-hmm. or you start to like want to extrapolate from the art form, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it can get, it can get difficult. Like, I can't recommend it enough. Um, Brian Koppelman, who hosts a podcast called the moment, his interview with Eric Heiser, um, who wrote the script for arrival with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. Renner. Um, it's a really beautiful movie, beautifully mm. directed. But it was a twelve-year journey for him to get that made, mm-hmm. and he had he he got rejected so many times. And I think it was because people had preconceived notions about what a sci-fi movie should be, and they'd watched so many sci-fi movies, and they'd and here was mm-hmm. a female-driven sci-fi movie who was a linguist. Mm-hmm. And I, he said in the interview, one of the notes he got back is like, "Can we just make this a man?" And he was just like. <sighs> you know, like stuff uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. But I think there's something to be said for that. Like when it's always a double-edged sword, like I feel like I've heard the Coen brothers say, like they're careful about what they study before they write their movies. Right. Cause people are like, Oh, you go watch, do you go do like a lot of writers I know, like when they're doing a genre flick, they'll go watch all the other important movies in the genre. And I think there are pluses to that. You know, you figure out what mm-hmm. the rules are and there are minuses in that you get locked into, mm-hmm what you believe the form is, Mm -hmm. and that makes you produce something that is maybe not wholly original. If Eric Heiser had only pewed to what what sci-fi should be, Mm -hmm. he never would have written that script. Mm -hmm. I'm not a sci-fi guy, I absolutely Mm -hmm. adored that movie. And like you know, like do you see what I'm saying? Like this is this what, is what how I th- this is my broad perspective
1: on right. this. Right. What you're talking about is genre. It's like with within within a certain genre, there is an, an expected format. Yeah. There's expected rules, and to know those rules is 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 important to some degree, and then at another degree, it's important not to live by those rules. Otherwise, it becomes very fixed, and there's no possibility for something new. Yeah. And I feel like what you're ultimately talking about, regardless of genre, is working with people that either share or that trust your sense and sensibility as an artist.
0: Yes, and and we, <laughs> we each made a list and, of things that increase our creativity and things that decrease our creativity. Yes. And number two on my list. Yes, number two, w- with was, a rocket, yes. Was, uh-huh. was people who are supportive, who yeah. believe in your vision. Yeah who see the good in what you're doing mm-hmm. and also can help you mm-hmm. move through what's not working. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I just have, it's like such a good, I had dinner recently with a friend who's a development executive and he, I was pitching him some story ideas and he just, it's such a wonderful experience to have him be like, I really love this. Mm-hmm. I believe in you in this mm-hmm. way, and mm-hmm. then this stuff. Let's try to. This is not working. But just having that mm-hmm. support is huge. Mm-hmm. So I would agree.
1: And also the development of your sense and sensibility as an artist. That's yeah. that's that's so under underrated because mm-hmm. that 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 grows and develops over you know a, a lifetime. Yeah.
0: So should we get to our list? Yes. Enough about porn. I just
1: I, I just want to bring in one caveat about this list. Okay. So. In my opinion, well, no. In reality, you have different you have different phases that you go through in your creative process, and certain things uh, help me more depending upon which phase, and some are sort of ubiquitous. Right. Like, going into nature doesn't make a difference where I am in my creative process with the project. It's always gonna be. Like so I'm just gonna say there's like the generating uh, uh, aspects, there's the organizing aspects, the actual, like the work work, and then there's the preparing for delivery aspects of of the of any creative project. Where so, you are in the project. Yeah, so I just wanna put that out okay. as a slight caveat. Okay.
0: All right, so okay. you wanna start with increase or decrease?
1: Um. Let's go with... Uh...
0: Don't be negative, Josh, and start with decrease. Lucky we all l- have l- to be positive okay. around okay. here. All right, let's Just start Just kidding. With, We're starting with decrease. We'll start I already with decrease. went with porn. Your turn. Uh, YouTube videos. Decrease your creativity.
1: Wait, but but I have a caveat on <laughs> this one. Josh, social media Townsend. Uh-huh. So, you, so that was my number one on my decrease, which is watching YouTube videos. You want to know what my number one on increase was? Uh, no, not yet. Watching YouTube videos. <laughs>
0: oh, no, you're terrible.
1: But it's true. So there, there's some there that are some that are sedating, and there are some that are uh, life enhancing. So again, I, I agree with that. That's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. Okay. All right, but let's are keep. you
0: and and is your work to be conscious of what what's what? Oh yeah, I, I mean but that's probably I, easy for you.
1: Well, relatively, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can tell when 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 I'm watching a video where I'm starting to get sparks and things are starting to happen, and I know when I'm watching a video and I'm just sort of sedating.
0: That's such a good lens for social media. Mm -hmm. In general, like, is this a, is this, am I feeling more creative from this experience Mm -hmm. or am I feeling like sedated or tuned out or overstimulated? Mm -hmm. All right.
1: Okay. All right. But let's stay on the decrease. Okay. So, um,
0: um, for me, mm -hmm. um, one mistake I've made is never stopping. So continuing Um. to just keep working and working and working on a project or every day, um, until I felt, uh, Mm -hmm. like I'd lost passion and I had burned out on it, you know, burning out, essentially. Burning Not, out. Yeah, burning out. Okay. yeah. It's like pushing till you burn out is a mistake I've made in my life. And, it, and in the whole, it makes me less creative.
1: Cool. So I'm, I'm going to use another word on your list. I, I would say, I would say, see, like to push yourself to burn out is one thing. But along that road is actually what I would call an override. You're overriding your own personal senses and sensibilities in terms of what's healthy for you, and you do that for long enough and it becomes burnout. But if you were to tune into yourself earlier and not do your overrides, that's just a thought there. I, but I, I agree,
0: I, I think that's exactly what happens. It's basically exactly. cognitive, mental yeah. over what your body's telling your yeah. guts. Yeah, that's basically what happens. You're yeah. like. You're like I gotta get to the next draft, and right. your gut's like I need a break. Yeah. Like I would need to yeah. either work on something else yeah. or go to the beach. So I, I feel like a better word than on that one would be override, as
1: opposed to burnout. So okay, that's why I mentioned. That's that. good. Okay, um, I would say decreasing for me on the number two spot is um, worrying, or to be more specific, stress pattern thoughts uh, or stressful pattern thoughts that I also call loops. So as soon as I get caught in a loop or a stressful pattern thought, uh, it, that I notice decreases my creativity. Give me an example. Um, like if I'm having a conflict with someone over, you know, something minor and I keep trying to figure it out or I cheap, I keep going over the same basic material of like, should I do this? Or should I do that? Or I know I'll do this and, but I never do anything about it. It just sort of stays in that loop right and so that that creates stress and that stress so like
0: not making the decision and then also it's not it's not doesn't sound decision it's more like the thought just keeps going in a loop i I call it a loop yeah a loop yeah Yeah. a psychiatrist would call that ruminations
1: okay ruminations but everyone does that yeah dwelling and
0: it's like for you it's probably like jenny bought me conventional cacao when i asked her to buy me organic and like what is it she doesn't see me for who I am and like how can I be in this friendship with her because it's like she doesn't even understand like like that it
1: was it was actually it was actually free trade (laughs) and I'm like oh my god doesn't she know what free trade is really code for is she just believing another
0: label and I got
1: so distressed over that
0: it's like she doesn't know you if she really cared dot 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 I would agree I feel the same way like because when you're ruminating you can't you can't move your focus to something new. So
1: i uh, so i'm going to use another word which is in the same world which is people always go why do you why are you dwelling on that? And i'm like dwelling. How interesting because another word we use for home is a dwelling. D-hmm. So it's like whatever you're dwelling on is where you're living and is this really really where I want to live?
0: Which is interesting because
1: <laughs> in We're my personal experience, yes,
0: the only way to get out of those loops uh-huh. is by doing s- not the only way, but one of the yeah. ways is by doing something physical.
1: Yes, that's really helpful. It's change your state of being.
0: You have to change your physical experience, or your environment, or who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You to try to just be alone and get out of it is very, very difficult.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not effective in terms of time and energy. Yeah. yeah, other ways. Okay.
0: A big one for me is not taking control of my morning, reducing my creativity. So mornings are important for me. I'm a morning person. Uh-huh. Letting things like Phones, emails, concerns that other people need me to get back to them about something, okay. letting basically other people run my day. Okay. This sounds a little like corporate, exec, businessy the way not, I'm describing not a, it. Not but, at all. But, it sounds, you see, yeah. but I hear this. Yeah. I do hear this a lot. Like a lot of people let other people run their day. Like email is the classic example. Yeah. And texting, Like it's a fundamentally reactive mechanism. Someone Someone is basically saying, respond to me, respond to me. I need yeah. something from you. Yeah. And w- when I give into that, that usually means I lose control of my morning and then I don't really create the space for me to be creative when I, during the hours I want to be creative, which is like eight to noon. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are my prime time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Cool. Okay. okay. Uh,
1: negative people Uh-oh. that are <laughs> caught up in their own trip. And start bringing me down, man.
0: Describe like their own trip. Is it someone like, oh, uh, Josh, all women are like X and they always do this to me. And I, sure, sure. I, I'm a victim. And Yeah, I'm not a
1: victim. You make me one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah and
0: indulge yeah. me and support me in this. Yeah. And like validate that, you know, she shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. That that's what you're talking about. Yeah, because I like this word "trip" you used. Mm-hmm. It's like they want you to journey mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. their world. Yeah, and it's it that is really hard for me not to sometimes follow people because you have so much
1: empathy. But you know, to have to have uh, to have compassion for someone or, or or empathy for someone, but without necessarily, you know, connecting with them
0: on in all levels. Can I just say that seems also like a very in my world, a very 30-something change that people I know are making. Really? Like, a lot of my friends are like, I just don't want to hang out with negative people anymore. Yeah. Whereas in your 20s, you're just like, ah, let's just have a few beers and it'll be okay. Not Josh Townsend. Josh Townsend has <laughs> never had a drink in his life. <laughs> Maybe Josh's version is like, let's have a few kombuchas and it'll yeah. be all right. Yeah, let's, you know? knock,
1: let's go for a flight of kombuchas. <laughs> yeah, let's,
0: let's knock them back. talk about yeah. everything that's wrong with the world. Very apropos right now, I have to say, in terms of the media world. I want to talk uh, about everything media that's world.
1: wrong within me. Let's talk about what's <laughs> wrong within me. <laughs> I'd love to. Because there is no other. And so if I can sort this out within me, then. Because so I create the universe. More. I know,
0: Josh, I'm always I was amazed. Josh seems like not bothered at all by politics. Yeah. Which is impressive given the country we live in right now. Yeah. Um, I worked professionally and covered politics at one point in my life and right. care about Things y- like human y- rights y- y- <laughs> i understand I, uh, oh ouch getting hot in here josh cares about the lunar rights it is like 90 degrees in my apartment right now <laughs> but it just went a lot hotter <laughs> uh yeah you know it's around this it's well the reason i said that is just because you're impressive and that you don't allow that negativity and i notice sometimes i'll read the new york times and mm-hmm. i feel depressed afterwards
1: so here's the thing is that i look at that in general not specifically you know area by area but in general i look at that as distraction it's a distraction and i wonder what else is really going on that i'm i'm being distracted from and then if i really have a strong uh point of view how the character thinks and feels about human rights or something like this that i can actually engage with for me and i can make a difference i will and uh, or or send a check i will or let it go because that goes back into my loop. Because if I get into this loop, the man's doing it to me, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and there's no, there's no action I'm going to take, then, then what's the upside?
0: You're extraordinarily healthy in this regard. Extraordinarily. Like it's, it's practical.
1: Pe- I mean, it's a practical approach.
0: I, I agree. And that's, I would say, the first year of our current president, the first nine months, I was in the other world. And in the last, whatever, nine months... I'm in completely other way. I don't really engage with it anymore. I just mm-hmm. write checks and support and do what I can and get mm-hmm. on with my life. Yeah. Which I think is healthier.
1: It's very healthy. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, it leads to disempowerment and anger and frustration and further polarization. And the, the thing as an artist, because that's what we're talking about here, is how can I work with what's in front of me? mm. And working with what's in, and, and what can I change? What can I not change? What can I influence directly or indirectly? And and really work with what's what's important to me as an artist, uh, because because yeah, we're gonna talk about story later on, on another episode, but that's part of that thing about story, which is really focusing on a story that matters to you, because oh, you are gonna have to so follow that for you know at least a year, if not ten years.
0: It's totally some of the best advice I ever got was from Chris Reed, yeah, screenwriting teacher. Wrote the story that became Lion King. He oh. said, whatever script you choose uh-huh. to write. Yeah. It better be something you have a personal connection with because you're yes. stuck with it for a long time.
1: Yes, exactly, and that's the, and that's what I find disempowering about news cycles, where they throw all these stories that, on some ways, oh, I should I should care about this or that, but in reality, it's just a distraction because there's another fire coming a week later or five days later or whatever it is, and then I lead a distracted life. I and that's actually no think, good as an artist. Can I say oh, I yeah. think
0: the experience is actually a little bit like pornography, okay. in that it's designed to create an emotional experience in people, which yes. is fear. Yes. Particularly television news. Yes. Um, it's similar to horror movies. Like it's just all supposed to give yeah. you this semi-addictive emotional experience that you come back to again and again and again.
1: It's called in, in an amusement park world. It's called a thrill ride.
0: It's a thrill ride. Yeah,
1: and so you want to you want to give yourself a little thrill without having any consequences. Mm. Right. There's no consequences to the actions that you take on a thrill ride, and you get off safely at the other end, but you still get the thrill.
0: Right. You just feel a little crappy.
1: Yeah, I feel cheap and abused. The cost is emotional. Yeah, I feel cheap and abused. But emotions don't count. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's... Are, okay, we, focus. On the side? Focus. Are we on the ups- I'm done with negatives, but you can keep Oh, going. God. I
1: have another 10. I know. I oh, I saw, no. I said three.
0: Josh wrote 35. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Negative people coming. the... Okay. Uh, the other one I have here is uh, rigid thoughts and feelings. Oh. Isn't
0: that a good one? Uh, example?
1: Like if I have... Um, a rigid thought like um my life never gets better. Mm. That would be a rigid thought, especially with the word never. I'll never
0: be able to do I'll fill never in be the able blank. to do blink. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll always feel um nihilistic inside. Yeah, I'll never move from that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not fun.
1: So, as soon as I go into like always and never thoughts, you know, real strong uh rigid, I'm going to use the word rigid uh unbendable unbreakable contracted contracted mm. thoughts and feelings yeah, that's what I'm getting, the feeling. okay like yeah and also you know it's like uh, ideally it's not a good place to create from a fear place you want to create from a overflowing space even if you're creating a fear scene uh or you know something that has fear as a motif or a theme um and then the other last one is um too much chaos
0: Totally. I totally can relate to that. So,
1: you need some order. And in my opinion, you need some chaos to varying degrees of who you are and yeah, your personality. It's personality and dependent. Blah, blah, blah. Some people need zero chaos. They right. Do quite well. And, and then, depending upon where you are in that, generating, organizing, or delivering your, your, your creative project also. Because I think in the generation, I, 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 I like more chaos. In the organizing, I need less chaos. I need more
0: order. Sometimes, also, just for artists specifically, this can manifest as too many projects. Mm -hmm. It can Mm -hmm. start to feel chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, Your life can feel chaotic. You know, Mm -hmm. too many being overcommitted in terms of going out and not uh, creating space for your work. You know, there are ways that this sort of manifests, particularly Mm in today's world where we have so many opportunities for engagement Mm -hmm. and also for numbing. But, like, like, it can be chaotic.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's my... Uh, well,
0: it only took us 30 minutes to get through all the negatives.
1: <laughs> well, the increase will be really fast.
0: To the six of you that are still listening, it's time to get positive. Okay. My number
1: one with a bullet is YouTube videos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what's the most inspiring YouTube video you've ever seen? Uh, or just one that you find watched:
1: Yeah, inspiring? yeah. I go through phases of watching different... Are listening to different people mm-hmm. and so right now i'm into um seth godin is that right is that oh name? yeah i read S- one of his books seth godin dip. He,
0: hmm? i read his book the dip
1: okay he's amazing um uh dr jordan what's his name the guy who's like people say he's a conservative guy but i don't think he is Dr. No, no. George and Peterson, he's from Canada. He's amazing.
0: How conservative can he be? He's Canadian. Yeah,
1: really. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, oh. Gary Gary V. Love Gary. Gary v. G- love Your bud Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who else am I watching right now? You know, the, they shift and they shift a little bit depending upon where I'm at in that time. Teal Swan can be uh, amazing uh, in terms of her videos. Um, you know, it's, it's more like that or, or, or sometimes it's, yeah. Or sometimes it's just watching like a really good narrative.
0: Yeah. They, they, I don't remember what exactly the word for this is in Sanskrit, but the yogis talk about this, Mm. but it has to do with, um, the me, the the environment and sort of the media you put in your life. Mm. There's Mm -hmm. actually an instruction about this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like I'm playing Josh right now, (laughs) Uh, except Josh would actually know the word. Uh, Yeah. We're going to switch seats. Hold on. Yeah. Um, but it, it made me, the reason I actually learned this, I got to go to Kapalu uh, last year or two years ago, which is a yoga retreat center in Western Massachusetts, which is really cool. And I took a class there, uh, a little workshop for a couple hours and it made me think about the media you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing you do and something I'm trying to improve on, you're very conscious about Uh, what you allow into your media space. So all those people you named Mm -hmm. are people who are going to Mm -hmm. help you expand to make you believe in your dreams, who are going to believe in more possibility, more expansion. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we don't always do that. And this can be hard too because so much, it's not like anyone consciously turns on YouTube and like wants to hear someone complaining about their life. What it usually manifests more is just like, TV shows, or news cycles, or films that are just kind of downers. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, like, who watches Requiem for a Dream and feels better? Like, they're that they're more hopeful. Yeah, it was Darren Aronofsky's really depressing heroin movie. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. I'm not saying that. It's just,
1: what's that guy's name? Doctor Phil. I was in a I was in a waiting room, uh-huh. and Doctor Phil was on, and I'm just like, oh my god! No wonder people are the way they are. Uh, it
0: felt you felt like it was bringing you down. Bringing me
1: down. I was like, I was in the. I was like, I, I would get a lift just by going into the elevator and, and getting out of the basement. It was horrible.
0: I hear you. I hear you.
1: And I'm like, and if this is what I fed myself daily, I too would, you know, not be too healthy walking around the
0: planet. You can paint your Dodge red and call it a Ford, Bill, but you still got a Dodge. I feel like that's one of the things Doctor Phil would say. It's like homespun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the guests and the just the, the the amount of emotional pain. Talk about pornography. That's like emotional pornography. I agree. I think yeah.
0: daytime TV. There's a form of exploitation going on. Yeah, big time, and it wasn't pretty.
1: Uh, but yeah, but so I want to add on to that last thing you talked about, which is I do my best to. If I'm not doing something that's entertainment related, I'm looking at uh, 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 figuring, not figuring out, uh, going deep into what are the actual underpinnings of anything, of everything in life. What is actually operating? Can you give me an example of that? Yeah, I know. It's pretty broad. Um, It's like uh, if someone gets angry, is it because they're really angry or is it because they're fearful? Uh-huh. Right. So the reality is that they're fearful. Well, what are they fearful of? And it manifests as anger. It manifests as crying. But what's really underneath it is fear. And what's underneath that fear is something else. So and that's true of of everything in life. So if I can really see like if someone has a certain way of presenting to themselves in life, OK, that's it's what I call social lubricant, which is lovely. But what's really underneath that? Mm. What's really operating because that, as artists, especially as creators who work in in uh, either acting or writing or producing, is that's our responsibility is to find out what's really operating. And then we can still play the, the scene as a normal human being, but we know what's underneath it because that's what's going to feed us.
0: Mm. That's sort of interesting. I think that's not a hobby for most people, but it's interesting <laughs> to hear it is for you. <laughs> Like when that woman gets her nails done, what's really going on for her? Right, is that is that far off?
1: Uh, absolutely, it's like because it's connected to some sort of hope and dream that she has. Yes. Otherwise, she wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, right. why
0: would you go through the trouble?
1: Right, and pay the money and sit there for an hour. And most people do it unconsciously, which is fine. But as artists, we need to find out what's really operating so that we can un- so that we can consciously create what's what's being done unconsciously in life. Okay. So all the videos and stuff I watch are supportive of that.
0: Okay. Thank you. I love that. Increase. <laughs> Josh should teach a life skills class. Uh, my first is working without concern for the audience or limits. And basically, I, want, I was trying to think about how I could phrase this positively, but like zero judgment? Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. zero judgment. Yeah, freedom. And that doesn't mean that what I write will ultimately make it, but right. just total permission. Yes. When I'm in that space, yeah. then I remember when I, like one of my first writing classes, I was, I had this really wonderful writing teacher named Rob Roberge, Roberge, excuse me, who wrote a really good book a few years ago. I believe the name of the cost of living. And I remember emailing him. He was so supportive. I remember emailing him and saying, I don't know, like this last story I wrote, I felt really exposed and really out there and I feel like maybe that's a sign that something good was happening. Like I felt really like, mm-hmm. like it was, uh, you know, like I wasn't censoring myself at all. I was really going for something.
1: I I, I would just call it artistic freedom. Like, like mm-hmm. you're in your freedom expansive state and I love that. Uh, your turn. Um, nature. And I, I wrote underneath that always. So it doesn't make a difference if I'm generating, organizing, or delivering. I am always in, a better space when i can connect with nature and nature to me means you know any one of the five elements so water air earth going going for a hike fire do you feel
0: able to achieve that in los angeles um
1: i do because um i I have i have a low threshold for that i mean i have a high like a little bit satisfies
0: me. I don't. I don't need. So you could to. go like lie under a tree on Santa Monica Boulevard near where you.
1: Uh, that might. That okay. might. That might just get it's me to balance. I, I, it's I need a little to get, loud. Yeah, though. I need to get ahead of the curve. So I would need to go up, up into like uh, Runyon Canyon okay. or, you know, one of the places where there's not immediate cars. But it
0: switches on for you quickly. Yeah, that's good.
1: I can. I can light a. I can light a, a fire. I can light a candle. Hmm. I can I can pour a glass of water and hear the sound of water. Any one of those little Josh things will essential.
0: help me. Essential, essential. Of course, Josh doesn't need porn. <laughs> You're that essential. Well, all of life. <laughs> all of life. <laughs> what, what, one, all of life is one big porno. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> the trees rustling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started with food. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Wow, exactly. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yes. Oof. Let's not actually yeah, for our
0: not, view. Yeah. Let's um, not. My second one I already mentioned, but it's supportive players, hmm. people who believe in my vision, people who uh, I feel like they want the best for me mm-hmm. and they're coming from uh, a good place mm-hmm. and they, they've walked a bit of the path themselves also helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be one-on-one. I mentioned the Eric Heiser interview, but sometimes it's just listening to other people's artistic journeys for me is really helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think part of why I got into this podcast specifically was I was so curious about other people's artistic journeys and processes. Just knowing that other people had had to figure it out mm. and reading about that mm-hmm. felt supportive, like mm-hmm. made me feel less alone.
1: Yeah. And, and, and going back to YouTube videos, like, you know, watching, watching interviews with, you know, artists... Um, I, I'm gonna skip to to where I said that. If we
0: don't have sponsorship by fucking YouTube <laughs> by the end of this episode, I don't know what it's gonna, gonna murder you. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm I'm just gonna skip to mine, which parallels yours, which is being with like-minded and spirited artists, and being with could also include watching their video or you know of. So it's really accessible in today's world. Yep. Okay. I like it. All right. What's your What's your next one? Because I, I already did that one. So we, um, we for me.
0: I have a bad habit and this kind of dovetails on what I said before I want to decrease my creativity, but I Don't always Put myself into retreat space Uh And I know that's a luxury. I know in this American world where you get two weeks vacation. it's hard for people Um, But I if I think back the opportunities I've had to go and spend a week working creatively, Mm -hmm. usually in some sort of natural environment, Mm -hmm. my whole perspective shifts, Mm -hmm. both in what's important in my life, but also how I'm thinking about the creative projects I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And it's often after those experiences where I get a new idea, Mm -hmm. not like a necessarily an inspiration for a new project, because Mm -hmm. that is something that's always seductive. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's like, you're tired of working on the book you were working on, so you go away and now you want to write another book. I don't, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a new idea and a new angle and a new approach for something you're already working. It gets you into process. And specifically I was thinking about, um, I got a chance to take Stuart Cubley's like meditative painting workshop uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's basically a non-judgmental quiet space where you paint for five days. Mm. The only rule is you don't comment on your own work or those of others. Mm. And he just walks around and is supportive and asks, like, what would you like to do next? Like. It's Mm. totally, I think it's called process painting. Mm. Um, At Esalen or? I did it at Omega Omega. one year and I did it at Esalen another year. Oh, wow. How cool. This is for you, Stuart, some free advertising, but (laughs) totally you deserve it. And, but that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's even better because, you know, I'm a writer and that put me in the visual world. Mm -hmm. Even better, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's one thing to go on a writing retreat if you're a writer. That's fine. But that can feel like more work if it's not facilitated properly. Mm -hmm. Putting yourself in a visual musical space, yes. Touch space, go take a massage workshop. Like that you know, you know, like I do. Yeah. And and I've struggled when I've been like, nah, I just want to work. I'm not gonna go anywhere for the next six, nine, twelve months. Yeah. When I get into that rigidity rigid thoughts and feelings. Rigid thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. I tend to suffer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. That's that's beautifully said and beautifully articulated.
0: Yeah. And I say that knowing full well that's a privilege but I also say that if you look historically at like artists particularly in places like Europe mm-hmm. they all had some form of this retreat space.
1: I wouldn't say it's a privilege I say I would say it's it's a mandate of of the artist who's truly on the path of of living an an artist's life. It's yeah. it's it's what's required. It's also you know it's also it's also getting us back or forward to Uh, being connected to a natural balance yeah you know it's create release relax you know it's we we have four seasons for a reason because there's different seasons yeah and different energies um, are there you don't have summer 365
0: yes exactly unless you live in southern california
1: unless you live in (laughs) southern california or hawaii but but even then you know there's there's different environments in hawaii and there's different um and you know if you think about it where where it's really um uh, neutral in terms of weather all day long, like near the equator, basically, um, those lifestyles are much more relaxed. And then as soon as you get to colder climates, yeah, then it becomes more harsh. The Interpersonal
0: behavior changes. Yeah. It's isn't colder. That, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, one analogy is to say, just as doctors and nurses are required to do continual medical mm-hmm. CMEs, what is that, like a continued medical education? Yeah. Consider maybe retreat time as... Mm-hmm. Analogous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your time to remove yourself from the way you work creatively and work another way. Uh-huh. And, th- and enrich yourself.
1: I couldn't agree more. In fact, I'm going to be applying next week so that we can, you know, we can, you know, give out one, uh, <laughs> one credit for the continuing education, <laughs> continuing uh, artist education. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah, so you can
0: qualify as an or- official artist.
1: Yeah, and we'll be passing out that documentation soon, so hmm. look for it. But you know, it does take a little bit of, you know, there's fees involved, of course. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> got to register. Um, yeah, regenerative time is, is, is critical. I'm I'm gonna throw out one that's that's unusual for me, but I also find it to be true, which is um going into a new
0: city. Oh yeah. Josh. <laughs> Josh. I love it. Huge. Isn't Huge that interesting? Yeah. I really resonated with that because mm-hmm. I was very lucky. I grew up the child of a travel agent. Oh. And my mother says South African woman. Very lovely woman and uh I noticed it growing up cuz I noticed that my parents would sometimes take me to a new place mm-hmm. and I would just feel completely different. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Have you seen those studies of the they take like guys in their 70s or 80s mm-hmm. and they recreate they build a home that looks exactly like their childhood home in the mm-hmm. 50s mm-hmm. with everything and their behavior starts to—they start to behave like younger people, and even their biochemistry starts to improve. Yes. starts. To res- <laughs> but it's analogous to what we're talking about. It like, is. So, what is that like for you? Is that like, was that? Did you feel like that? Did you go? Where'd you go to British Columbia uh, recently?
1: I went to yeah. I, that was all nature, though. I mean, there, oh, you're, you're talking like cities,
0: so like I'm talking London. Like,
1: yeah, I'm talking like going to London or going Mex- to. You like Mexico City, I believe. Uh, Mexico City. Um, what else? i'm trying to think of like a place i went recently but it could also be a village it doesn't have to be like a city city like right. i went up to marin uh, a couple years ago and i got to there's a little town there and i really just like it's just fun to explore it and yeah you know um as a kid i used to go to solvang I you, did, you me don't too. you don't need to go there but yeah. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, remember, I thought it was fun as
0: a kid solvang for those who don't know is a swedish themed town yeah. in central california yeah it's just weird. Dutch. It's like, it's like what? It's Swedish, right? Is it's it Dutch? Swedish or Dutch? I, I don't. They know. have windmills. That's all I know. Yeah, you're right. They do, <laughs> and there are a lot of clogs.
1: <laughs> There's clogs, and right, maybe it is Dutch.
0: I don't, you know, don't know. sounds Swedish. S-
1: no, you're right. it's, it's sweet. Uh, S- Sven's, Sven's <laughs> Swedish Lodge. I think it was the yeah. Anyway, yes. It, is it sweet? I, uh, we should check that out. Um, I'm trying to think of like where, where else. Uh, going into little beach communities down in the San Diego area just you know or or it can be chicago but just n- newness newness
0: yeah did we do it or do you have more
1: i i somehow i, I didn't Josh get a note to stop it. um oh, new cool. city life yes uh um, yeah uh-huh uh pranayama breathing yeah breathing yogic breathing because so i always feel like You know, it's like if if I was an engine, right? If I had all the gas in the world and I was an engine, but I didn't have any air, all that gas wouldn't do me any good. Yes. Because you need, you need gasoline and air to create combustion, to create fire. So, um, I'm, um, I love making sure I have enough prana, enough life force, enough air in my body.
0: Have we done this? We are complete. This is so... Speaking of expansion, normally we limit these to like twenty minutes. We didn't today. We just let it ride. We hope you like it. We're always shocked because sometimes our longer episodes get higher, higher numbers.
1: And we would love to hear if you guys could uh, email or post to wherever this is your what increases or decreases your creativity and your impulses and what you look to. The
0: best place about. to do that is on our Facebook page. Notes on your notes. You can like us on Facebook, and most importantly, coming in September. It's here. We've teased it. Josh and I are going to be teaching a class. It's going to be six weeks. It's going to be in Los Angeles. It's going to be on performance, writing, creative process. It's going to be ideal for people who really want to learn their own creative process so that they can continue to develop way beyond the class. We want to give tools that people can use for the rest of their lives. um, so they can really feel also supported and engaged because that's such a fundamental value that Josh and I both share, which is why we do the show, just supporting artists to doing good, authentic, beautiful work. The music on this show is courtesy of Kevin MacLeod, and we will talk to you next week.